I'm gonna put my put on my shades for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a question, the voices of resin are here. Plastics. Plastics is an SPE sponsored podcast. Hey, Lindsay, how's it going? Oh, it is just a marvelous day. How's it going with you? Good, good. I feel like I'm having trouble hearing you today. Mm, yeah. That's a bummer. I think I got all my things in. Well, you know what? We'll just pull the plug. Hold on. Is that Try again. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Good and loud. Good and loud. <laughs> I'll just use my speaking voice. Maybe it's maybe it's not better. I don't know. Well, you've caused this situation. It's happening this way now. So. All right. I yeah, love no your backups. That's it's it's it it sounds good. I love your lipstick shade. I love thank I you. Love the uh, the chromacity with the chromacity of your um your top as well. Your sweatshirt. Yes. When I woke up, I said, what's the most cremasse? Yes. The first thing I thought. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. I, um, I want to show off. I, I should have had this when we did our, our um, interview on uh, our plastic session on color and appearance division conference on Monday, but I brought, I'm wearing my badge today. Look at you. So that's from, uh, from CAD Retech last year in Cleveland. So I thought, and just to show off, I, I have more ribbons than you. <laughs> oh, I can make ribbons by the end of this. Don't you fret. <laughs> so um, anyway, I'm, I'm Mercedes Landazri. And I'm Lindsay Nebel. I'm design application lead for Techmer PM. And um, uh, for SPE, I serve on a few boards. I am uh, current chair of the recycling division and a counselor for Collar and appearance division, and then I serve on the board for Chicago as well. But I've been neglecting them a little bit lately. Okay. And Lindsay, <laughs> um, I am a project engineer at Tech Tank in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I am vice president of membership engagement on the executive board for SPE. I'm also on the injection molding board, the foundation board, and Northwest PA board, which clearly I'm neglecting as well because. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, are you guys going to have your golf outing by the way? We did not have our golf outing in New York because it was in New York. So there was more restrictions about us Pennsylvanians coming in to their beloved state. Gotcha. It always cracks me up that the, the, uh, the NWPA sections golf outing is in New York. Listen, it's a nice golf course and it's close by. It's close. It is by. close by. It really is. Yeah. Um, actually our, so our Chicago golf outing is typically, um, uh, during the summer, but we've moved it. So it's actually going to be, uh, in October. So Ooh, uh, frosty. It, I like it. Is it next, next week to, to, it's like the first week in October. I want to say I should know that you're, I should know that you are definitely neglecting them. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so long intro today, but with our powers combined, we are plastic, the voices of resin. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, to uh, be speaking on this on this uh, during the the recycling conference today. Um, uh, by the way, you can listen to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. It's released by uh, SPE the first 
Friday of every month. You can also go to horsepe.org slash podcasts. You can rate um, us. Rate us good stuff. If it's bad, just pretend you didn't feel like rating anyone. Uh, we are the plastics, but we interview both um, men and women, um, contrary to, uh, to, to popular belief sometimes. Um, and we have um, uh, actually one of the past chairs of the recycling division on as our guest today. I'm not sure if he's going to be sharing video, but this is podcast. So uh, you can just look at, at Lindsay and I while we react. Um, but, uh, but so our guest today is, uh, George Stanulis. He is co-owner of AGS technology. And as I mentioned, past chair of the recycling division. So welcome George. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, it's my, my pleasure. And, uh, thank you for the, for the invitation. Yeah. Um, now you have been in the industry for quite some time. Um, uh, your, your plant is actually, um, very conveniently located uh, <laughs> right down the street from from Techmer's plant in Batavia, um, and, and you so graciously gave me a tour last time when when you know pre COVID when when we were able to do those kind of things. Um, uh, really, really impressive plant and uh, very very clean, which was not always my perception of, of recycling. <laughs> uh, and we're going to get into perceptions of, of recycling in the industry a little bit later in the interview, but. Um, tell me, tell us, uh, how did you get into the plastics industry and, and how did you get into recycling? Well, it's, uh, it, it's a long story, uh, time-wise, because <laughs> I've been... Uh, we love long stories. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, in the industry now, uh, primarily in the, on the recycling side for, for oh, more than 45 years, so... How I got started in the in the industry. Uh, actually, uh, when I finished college, I uh, went to, to school in Detroit. Uh, finished from Wayne State, and and uh, what I did is is I moved out to California, like uh, all young college graduates did at that time, <laughs> looking for to have a little fun and uh, kind of just uh, you know kind of drifting at that time. Uh, but having a great time. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine, uh, whom I knew before, uh, he was uh, starting a uh, plastic uh, thermoforming company, vacuum forming company. And uh, he looked me up and said, hey, I'm starting a company, George, uh, would you like to join? And I said, sure, sounds, sounds like fun. And uh, so that happened, uh, what, uh, 68, 69 type, uh, type time frame. Uh, I moved to, to Chicago where the operation was and, uh, and got involved in the, in the plastic industry. They're uh, more on the thermoforming side and uh, kind of the, the company had its uh, ups and downs and bumps, et cetera, and ended up uh, going out of business. George, uh, I need to interrupt you real quick for a point of clarification. Um, since my parents did a similar thing when they graduated and moved away from the Midwest to, to California. Um, <laughs> but are you saying that you moved away from California uh, during or prior to the summer of love? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was actually kind of more of a, a nationwide experience. You know, I wasn't up in San Francisco. I was in the Los Angeles area. They're uh, kind of hanging out with uh, everyone on the beach. 
there. <laughs> but uh, but the answer is yes. Is I, uh, I I thought it was a you know I was open to everything, every any opportunity, anything that sounded good. You know I really had uh, no no roots per se uh, at that time. Uh, so I was willing to give everything a try, and uh, it sounded good, and uh, that's what I did there. So. Uh, kind of as the, like I said, the company uh, went uh, went out of business. But uh, uh, what I did is then, as I hooked up with uh, with another uh, kind of startup, and uh, here it was uh, a, a a company that was uh, basically purchasing uh, scrap acrylic sheet from a company. Uh, it's no longer in 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 in, in in business called uh, called American Cyanamid that became Cyro, and what they were doing is they were buying the scrap sheet during the manufacturing operations and trying to find a market for for that material because we were mm-hmm. there was lots of that material that was available, and so we looked at a number of things which kind of got, got the sheet and we tried to cut it down to some workable size uh, where we could market it like for uh, storm door replacement and glazing and uh, and other types of uh, kind of uh, applications. We sold it in the surplus markets and things like, uh, oh, you know, closeouts and stuff like that and kind of did some, but we really hit on something pretty good which was selling the the sheet to uh to the school systems to their industrial arts department and uh found a real nice market for for that material and uh kind of as it as it developed as what we did is we sent out some uh notices that we got this acrylic sheet to the industrial arts departments and uh uh, lo and behold, over uh, a, a period of uh, of several months, as we were g- literally getting sacks of mail uh, for purchase orders uh, wow. from the uh, from the industrial arts department, you know, looking for that, and we were just overwhelmed with with business. But so, in- so George, this was for. Um- this was for CPS or this was for a, uh, like a regular. Oh, no, we, we did it, you know, for the whole, for the whole country. Oh, we wow. bought a ma- we bought a mailing list at that time. That's kind of what you did. You know, you bought a mailing list and they sent you like uh, with, uh, with the addresses already on the envelope. And so we just stuffed uh, kind of our uh, literature and in, inside. And I don't know, I think we sent out something like, 11,000 of those things kind of country, oh. but, but CPS or Chicago pool school system was one of the ones that uh, we contacted as well. And, and they bought from us also on that. So it was an exciting time and, until uh, the normal distributors for Cyro, uh, for you know, American Cyanamid, uh, they didn't like it because that was one of their markets. Mm-hmm. And so they uh, complained to the, powers that be and and they shut us off <laughs> of getting any ouch is right you know, getting uh, <laughs> any more of that material uh to basically to to, to provide uh, for that marketplace so looking so- for uh other markets uh what we did is kind of uh scouring the the planet for where where we could sell it 
And we found out that in some of the third world countries, like in India, Taiwan, and not only in uh, those countries, but England, Italy, et cetera, what they were doing over there was depolymerizing the acrylic to capture the monomer and then repolymerizing the monomer back into sheet. And so we kind of naturally we switched gears and started exporting acrylic sheet scrap, not only from uh, uh, that we were getting from uh, from American cyanamide, but also we went to the sign industry, like all the outdoor signs were made with uh, acrylic and we would get the trimmings from that uh, and uh, just grind it up, put it in like, some used Gaylord boxes and ship it out. And uh, So uh, acrylic was really the hot recycling item of the day. Well, you know, that was a little, it's a little different because, uh, you know, cast acrylic, not, not, not so, you know, there's, two different types of acrylic. There's kind of the thermal setting type, you know, the cast acrylic. And then there's also the thermoplastic acrylic, which is extrudable or injection mold itself. This was the cast acrylic. And uh, really the only way you could recycle it was basically through a depolymerization process, which was kind of nasty in some ways where it was a molten lead process where you immersed the uh, the plastic and molten lead and it vaporized and then kind of like a whiskey still you distilled the uh, the vapors back into the back into a liquid that you could then uh, repolymerize and make uh, whether it's more sheet or other uh, type of uh, little figurines less, or something less delicious than yeah. well yeah you're 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 making Much me a little less. bit thirsty here george <laughs> so it's only almost one we can't but uh so so um let's and you've, you've had this amazing career and, and we'll talk a little bit about how how you know your your organization has pivoted um but how and why did you get involved in spe well i you know uh, I, I was looking for networking, looking for to make contacts, and uh, uh, that was what I thought was a good way of of doing it. Uh, my business partner at the time, he was uh, you know an SPE member, and uh, so I kind of followed his uh, his lead on that. And uh, really, I wasn't really active uh, as per se there. I was more of a passive type uh, member, which I think probably most <laughs> members are, especially maybe nowadays <laughs> there. But there was a, the organization was considerably bigger. I think there was, I don't know how many just in, in the United States, I think, you know, numbers like 30,000 or something like that was, uh, that were uh, members. But uh, they had, uh, you know, it's the Chicago section. There were monthly meetings uh, at there. So it was a good place to meet people. I made presentations uh, there, which was also kind of a little challenge uh, sometimes because here these people came after working all day. They had a big dinner, uh, maybe a couple drinks, uh, you know, there after dinner. And uh, so then after everything, the dinner was done as we usually went into room or it was done there. And uh, at that time, everything was done with slides. So the lights went down and uh, stood on the stage. And so, uh, and you gave your presentation and uh, inevitably 
there would be people nodding off and falling asleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I decided I learned to kind of not take that pers personally there. But because uh, I was speaking with some other guys, they said that was just a common occurrence there at <laughs> that time. But uh, you know, I traveled around and went to the different sections. It was a good way of promoting our, our, our company here because you're kind of, you know, talking from a, you know, more of an expertise type uh, perspective, but not just, you know, a sales job uh, there. So uh, I, it, it was worthwhile uh, to do that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really can't put my finger on it, but, uh, you know, I just kind of dropped out there. Uh, you know, maybe it was because, you know, as got older, got married, had kids, we moved, you know, there was, you know, some time constraints still kind of operating the business, et cetera. But uh, after, gosh, after being out for 25 years or so, uh, uh, I thought uh, it was time to kind of, you know, resurrect that because uh, um, uh, you did have uh, more time and uh, rejoined, uh, oh gosh, I guess it's about four or five years ago, uh, I, I rejoined the SPE and uh, kind of became uh, more active that time. And, uh, and it was all worthwhile. I'd recommend it. Uh, uh, to put away the, the 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 Game Boys or whatever it is and, and join the organization, will be much more valuable as, as you get older. Yeah, no, I mean I, that's how how I met you, how I got to know you, um, and yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Lindsay, go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, I was just gonna say, so you know, you were Mercedes said you were the past chair of the recycling right. vision. Yeah, um, just uh, yeah. Prior to well, it's it, it's a Mercedes now, or the the one before was is John. He's the past chair, and I'm the what the past past chair. Past past chair, yeah. <laughs> past past. We can accept that title. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you you uh you know you'd mentioned giving talks at uh, at the Chicago section back in the day. You actually gave a talk last year. Um, mm -hmm. And there you talked about uh, how your business was affected by the era of embargo when mm -hmm. uh, gas prices and oil prices uh, rose. Um, can you discuss that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, you know, this is sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of like an up and down type type business on the, let's call it on the oil front, you know, with the uh, uh, oil products, there's boom and bust cycles, et cetera. And so uh, when the, the oil embargo hit is that you couldn't get anything. I mean, gas lines, et cetera, there were uh, a plastic, plastic uh, resin uh, kind of became uh, almost uh, you know, impossible to get. Uh, there were uh, uh, cost controls put on virgin material that uh, limited uh, what uh, what the resin companies could charge uh, for 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 their material. Uh, so, but there wasn't anything uh, uh, any type of cost controls on uh, let's call it secondary type materials, whether it was you know scrap plastic or off-grade plastic, etc. 
So what that did is that then allowed the, the price to float. And so the actual recycled material stuff, stuff uh, cost uh, a lot more than virgin material. I mean, like a lot more, like double and stuff like that, uh, because it, uh, you would be able to, to, to buy it. And uh, so uh, that, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, was one of the effects. But uh, on the flip side of the coin, uh, because the, the material became so, uh, so dear as far as availability and, uh, and, and the cost, et cetera, is that everyone was using every little bit that they possibly can of the material. There was really... Uh, very minimal amount of scrap that was being generated. Uh, so uh, that was sort of the flip side. You could sell everything you, you could get, but it was very difficult getting it. <laughs> wow. So it's almost like, a, like, you know, these kind of dire times force us to be more um, sustainable <laughs> in some ways, right? I was going to say tricky, but same thing. <laughs> Uh, George, what do you see as um, some of the biggest uh, challenges in recycling right now? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious here is the, you know, it's for the industry itself. Uh, and this is something that kind of re has repeated itself. And that, uh, uh, you know, 25 years ago or whatever it was back, uh, I think it was like in the 70s or whatever it is, that we had a, a landfill crisis where uh, the Environmental Protection Agency kind of changed the rules. Uh, they made uh, disposing of, of waste, uh, uh, they've added regulations that tightened things up as far as leaching into the ground and you know, debris flying in the air, et cetera. Uh, so it made uh, landfills more difficult. I mean, as far as the, 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 the commissioning of new landfills, uh, so as they were, as the landfills were getting uh, filled up, uh, the, uh, the availability of disposing of them into new landfills wasn't available. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, uh, I don't know, you're, 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 little, you're probably too young to remember, but maybe you read it in your sure. history books. There was uh, a barge. Uh, that kind of spurred this whole landfill crisis that made it explode into everybody's consciousness. What happened was, with the barge? Well, the barge was loaded up with, uh, with garbage uh, in, in Long Island. And it was going to be, sh and, it, and a lot of that garbage, you know, it, uh, was, was plastic, you know, plastic bags and cups and you know, all kinds of, all the trash stuff. And uh, the, the barge was going to go down to somewhere to North Carolina, I believe, to, you know, because there was some landfill space there. But uh, as it was going down, uh, the, the, I guess uh, the, the media or the news uh, got a hold of this, that this was, you know, there, there's no landfill in, in, in uh, New York and we have to ship the material down to uh, North Carolina and, uh, then the people in down in North Carolina says we're not a garbage dumping ground. Right. <laughs> Here, once they found that out, and so they refused landing, and so the barge then kind of went down to I think it was Belize, 
Wow. So it's definitely, it sounds, so maybe we're too young to remember, but the history has definitely been repeating itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I heard, I think I heard the other day that, uh, I forget which country it is in Europe, but some country in Europe has now run out of landfill space as well. Was it Belgium or something? Yeah, I I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, too, many, too many chocolate but, wrappers. Yeah, but, but no. this, this exporting of scrap, I mean, you know, the, the plastic industry has been doing, doing that now, uh, you know, getting maybe notoriety rather than a positive aspect. You know, we used to send it to China. The Chinese said, we're not a garbage dumping ground. And then it was uh, Vietnam and then other places. And there was a big article just recently in... Uh, uh, one of the major newspapers, the New York Times, where uh, there is now efforts made uh, to ship uh, plastic garbage uh, to, to Kenya. There, huh. uh, again, is trying to make our problem somebody else's problem. Right. And, and you know, and, and then it's it's garbage, right? It's not it's not sorted or anything like that. Well, well you know, there our, is uh, some sorting, oh, but it's still well, you know, it's not like garbage, garbage, you know, yeah. the, the, the stuff that goes into uh, our curbside recycle uh, recycling bins is far from pristine mm-hmm. there. And uh, what's it? What, as I understand it, that's not really the aspect of business that, that, that I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, of recycling. Uh, but it's my understanding that it has, as time has gone on, that the quality of that material has continued to, to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And so far as people are throwing other stuff in there, and that's kind of what is making it more problematic <laughs> right. as far as recovering that. So... Uh, Not to mention in Chicago here with the uh, the waste management scandal that we had a, a few years ago, right? Oh yeah, I can't remember about that. There's been oh, so many. Oh, you know, there was it was it was just an issue. There was one of these one of these companies that that uh, claimed to be recycling material, and it was just uh, they were just all putting it in the garbage. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chicago is is. You know, <laughs> well, I think you know there's a lot, quite a bit of that going on now. Not not right. just in Chicago, but because you know what you you know we 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 produce uh, the trash whatever every single day and. Uh, you might put it in your blue bin, but if there's no market for it, it, it that's where it ends up. It's right. In, uh, right. I, I remember calling, you know, my previous company, we would, we would we have some, you know, um, polystyrene scrap. And I, you know, obviously I have connections in the industry and it was like, hey, I'm willing to drive this to your facility. And I could not, could not get anybody to take polystyrene. No. <laughs> um, so uh, just we only have a couple minutes left and it's a big question. But, um, you know, as, as we mentioned, you know, these, the recycling rates are are not, I mean, globally, they're not where we want them to be. And and definitely in the U S they're not where we want them to be, but what can we do to improve our recycling rates and and what, what can we do as an industry and, um, what can we do as consumers? And sum it up in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Uh, uh, bottle bills or, you know, deposits. Mm-hmm. If there was a deposit, you know, on like like there is on the bottles, there, the, the 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 rates are considerably higher as far as recycling, the cleanliness, et cetera. And you could do that basically on all packaging, all plastic packaging products. There, as far as what putting on some type of deposit, so that when someone re- returns it, right now, why does it end up in a garbage? Because there's no value. So now mm-hmm. if, if they go to a recycling center and get 
uh, you know, 10 cents, 20 cents, whatever it is, uh, you're going to, there's no doubt that uh, you're going to improve those uh, recycling rates. And if you make it even higher, you know, that's, uh, you know, everyone, you'll, you'll solve the litter problem. If you make it like 25 cents, uh, you'd have uh, even people like me, if I saw a plastic bag on the ground, I'd pick it up right. <laughs> rather, than, rather than walking by. So Right. But uh, traditionally, I think one of the issues is these, these you know, carbonated soft drink companies don't support bottle bills. But it, of is, course. <laughs> it seems to be one of the most effective ways of getting people to yeah, recycle. Yeah, I, I, I think they've done a very effective job with their lobbying there uh, on that, but because it's a known, you know, some just a few years ago, Oregon raised its bottle, you know, redemption from a nickel to a dime, and it went from something like sixty percent to eighty percent, you know, re recovery, and you go up to. And I said, if you do it more, uh, it, you know, pay more, you'll even have a, a a better return. Plus, you can also solve, you know, one of the big aspects of you know the cost in that, which is collection. If you've got a question, the voices of resin are here. Oh, Plastics. Plastics is an SPE sponsored podcast.